DMVR Draft Podcast, almost just a month away, as always, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, where right now, Jakester, we are on a heater with March Madness up over 12 units, betting every single underdog straight up. And now you get to boost one of those. No time like this time to be on DraftKings Sportsbook. They as always, are our presenting sponsor. He, as always, is Jake Schwanitz. Always look forward to these. Always a pleasure to do these. But when we break down secondary or wide receiver guys, I especially get hyped to do a pod with you, Jake. Um, and that's what we got to do today. So pretty damn excited. Hell yeah, man. Uh, we have a trade for the number one overall pick, too. It's all going down in this episode. Um, also, with the DraftKings presenting, shout out Fairly Dickinson, man. <laughs> How about that? I know. Them and Princeton have absolutely carried this. There have been only eight upsets in the first 32 games, and yet those eight have accounted for us being up 12 units despite a you know, putting a full 32 because it's one unit on every single game. Just wildness. Um, And it's as always, it's we're full-blown draft season, man. We recorded this last week and mere hours after we recorded, the first overall pick is traded. I had just posted the pod and we even talked about that. Um, And you could actually get the Panthers at half-decent value. What'd you make of that trade? Uh, very, very interesting. Um, I actually don't think the Panthers paid too terribly much for the price to go up to number one overall. Um, especially when you factor in DJ Moore, I know that's got to be like a big the fan base, and um, it's going to be a blow to the team this year for sure, and maybe even yeah. into the future. But um, I'd rather do that, I think, than trade a, a first round pick, especially when you're this team that's kind of lost identity wise. You had to bring in a new head coach. You don't have a franchise quarterback. Um, you've got the pieces in the trenches though. So you can start there and kind of rebuild out. And as we've seen every single year, these receivers just keep coming in through the draft too. So uh, I think eventually they'll be okay. And honestly, kudos to them for, for getting it done too. Yeah, for sure. This trade really feels like it completely hinges on DJ Moore, who the bears get in exchange for the first overall pick. They also get the number nine pick, a late second this year, pick 61, and then a first in 2024 and a second in 25. So it's two first and a second, the current first being a top 10 pick, the late top 10 pick, um, and a late second this year. And you got to assume this pick next year from the Panthers is going to be pretty low. You know, it's it's always hard to assess actual current player trade value in the NFL because guys like Stefan Gilmore are being traded for like peanuts or Darren Waller's literally been traded for the hundredth overall pick, like the latest of third round picks. Um, and yet we've seen the wide receiver market go absolutely bananas, obviously, the last at least 12 months. Um And guys like Hollywood Brown with a pay raise coming up, being traded for a first overall pick. Brandon Cooks being traded constantly for first overall picks. Um, First round picks, not first overall. Um, 
So, you know, it's all about DJ Moore, who hasn't had is coming off his worst season as a pro and has never really had a high end um, quarterback in his career and is obviously going to make a lot more than a wide receiver would make. And it also comes down to, you know, to me, the most appealing scenario was the double trade down where maybe you trade down with the Colts at four and then you trade again down with the Panthers at nine. And I think that would have been a much juicier return. And that, that late second just feels like it's not enough. But again, if you feel DJ Moore is worth like a first round pick, then this is a worthwhile trade. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this rookie quarterback is going to be able to thrive in Carolina with a very few competent wide receivers. Yeah, for sure. Also, I mean, with the trade, I don't have it pulled in front of me. I'm going to pull it up right now, but the odds for CJ Stroud to go first overall after that yep. blew my mind. I mean, what is going on here? We just watched this entire season. We talked about how amazing Bryce Young was this entire time, how you should empty the account on him because we thought this would be the last time we get him at plus yeah. odds uh, to be the first overall pick. No, I can't. I'm trying to pull it up, man. Do you have it in front of you? I have it right here. It's CJ Stroud is now minus 225 to be the first overall pick. Um, Bryce Young plus 225. And Anthony Richardson plus 350. Latest buzz is that it's an internal conversation between Stroud and Richardson. And Bryce Young may be out. Then another counter report. Bryce Young is being considered. Will Levis was at plus 700 at one point. He's at plus 4,000 now. And guys like Will Anderson and Jalen Carter have completely plummeted. So yeah, how interesting is that? Trading up and the book tells you it's probably CJ Stroud. And the intel tells you it's probably not Bryce Young. It's insane. It kind of reminds me of when the Niners traded up a few years ago, up to that third overall yeah. pick. Yeah. And we were like, oh, it's they're going for Mac Jones. They're going yep. for Mac Jones. And I remember like right before the draft, like we had a show and I was like, I don't know, man. I just don't think you trade all those picks to go up and get a guy who's like a non-athlete. Like they went and got Trey Lance because that's what he was. He has all the raw tool, raw tools. And I'm in the same boat here. If you're going to trade up for the first overall pick, you've got to be going for Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson. I I mean, if you really wanted CJ Stroud, I really think you could have gone, you could just trade it up with the Texans or something. You didn't need to go all the way to number one overall and trade away your number one right receiver. Yeah. Um, I mean, from our perspective, what you're saying seems exactly correct. From their perspective, maybe the Colts, like them, were more of a Strout team, you know? Um, and if Anthony Richardson actually ends up being the pick, we all lose our mind. Like, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> be incredible. <laughs> Just plain and simple. Incredible. Um, so that's fun, man. We knew that was like, that shoe needed to drop for things to really go down. And now that's in the books. Um Another shoe to drop was the Georgia Pro Day where Jalen Carter looks really sluggish. He's overweight, out of breath. Um, I'm sure you've seen the bag drill like everyone else has where his bend just looks horrendous. He looks like you or I trying to crouch over and like pick up uh, ice cream wrapping that just fell on the floor um, and then shuts it down. So we have no data. 
aside from the fact that he looked like crap in the workout he tried. He's overweight from the weight he was at at the combine just a couple of weeks ago. And then we have this tragic um, legal investigation hanging over his head. You wonder how much that's affecting and impacting his mentals right now. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, but Jalen Carter, a part-time starter uh, last year as a sophomore, totally understandable. The two defensive tackles he's in a rotation with are first rounders a year ago. Um, and he, he, his flashes of brilliance are like just worlds above theirs this year, battling some injuries has some flashes, but also maybe not the dominance we would have expected to me. He felt like one of those prospects who did need to check off some of these testing boxes to stay in that elite range. And now I wonder how far his fall could be. Maybe not quite at that Broncos pick, in the uh, mid sixties, but all of a sudden that feels not impossible. Yeah. It almost makes you think of another former Georgia Bulldog, Isaiah Wilson, who was a first round pick mm. a few years ago that went to the Titans who, I mean, everyone loved him, loved the tape, had all the talent in the world, but just yeah. did not have it in terms of the mindset and um, just decision-making and that's really what was his downfall and it ended his NFL career as just as quickly as it started. But Jalen Carter though, I mean, yeah, you, it's, it's almost a different conversation though with the tape because as I mentioned, the flowers are just out of control. I mean, this guy is dominating SEC offensive linemen on a snap to snap basis. So I think that's going to play a role, but man, it was just such a bad look. I mean, and you've said it with the mental stuff with everything that's going on with the lawsuit. I, yeah, I can't imagine that's not playing a massive role in all this right now. And it has to be something. This is a young kid. You know, forget about this one to the draft, how young these players are sometimes. Yeah. And he's dealing with quite a lot, man. Yeah. Um, so it's really just sad more than anything. Although uh, mm-hmm. I don't I still think that the tape is going to prevail at some point in the mind of these NFL decision makers. I think he'll end up being a first round pick when it's all said and done, maybe back end still, but. Right, and, and we're here and like, look, it's it's not the strongest class. The bottom of the first is kind of weak. You get to the bottom of the first and you're considering a guy you might have a second round grade on or Jalen Carter, who has like multiple red flags maybe on his profile, but a, a grade higher than a first round grade on tape at a certain point, the rubber meets the road and the... um the risk is worth taking at the cost that you're at. So, um, but yeah, well put tragic, sad, and um, we'll be rooting for the kid. You do wonder if Georgia's finding itself. I'm not good news coming out of there lately. No, (laughs) no. Um, And I do wonder, you know, we've kind of dealt with this with Bama prospects where it's like, to some extent, these guys are getting protected. Um, on field and off field, right? Like it's the system, it's this family, it's this organization. There's buy-in from the whole town. And when you're in that cocoon, when you're able to just play 30 snaps alternating with other first rounders and just dominate with like insane edges that run four, three flats to your side and lock down corners behind you, life is very easy. And when you exit that cocoon, um, and you do need to get scrutinized under that microscope scope, things get a lot, a lot harder. Um, and 
plain and simple, our ability to pound the table for him becomes a lot harder too. For sure. Um, and then just look at the guys from last year. I mean, Jordan Davis flashed at times for the Eagles, had a very, very rough Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, Devontae Wyatt, I honestly didn't see too much of the Packers. I watched way more college football this year, obviously. Um, but I mean, we weren't talking about him in defensive player of the year type of uh, player from last year. So I think that'll maybe give you some pause too with Jalen Carter. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's really tough. Cause it, the process is done now. All he really does is like talk to teams at this point, like all yeah. the on field combine workout stuff is done. Um, so I think how he's being talked about right now in terms of his draft stock is kind of where he it's where he's going to be a month from now. Right. Great point. Yeah. And he, he has failed draft season miserably. We're going to cover some guys who have absolutely ace draft season and skyrocketed their stocks. He has plummeted his as, as bad as this could go, it has gone essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Broncos free agency, lots of O linemen, some thick big boys. I'm really starting to think this might be like the biggest Broncos team in the history of the franchise. Um, I don't think they were this big under Dan Reeves. I'm really feeling myself the the Parcells tree from Sean Payton going all in on some right tackles and bruising left guards, going all in on some gap scheme, adding some Ajay Pirine as well, a blocking tight end, a fullback, uh, Jared Stitham, and then, of course, the big swap, Zach Allen and Draymond Jones, who I looked back to my rankings, both had identical grades, second-round grades, Zach Allen ranked 44th for me. Draymond Jones ranked 45th. Love me that Zach Allen pickup, but what were the things that stood out to you, my friend? Are you muted? I can't hear you. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, Just all all of what you said, Sean Payton's going all in on power, man. I mean, they signed a fullback. They signed Chris Manhurts to be a massive blocking tight end too. Um, Samaj P. Ryan is a bruiser of a running back, and I think he... Does enough in the passing game, though, too, that he's like a perfect fit for Sean Payton in terms of being able to, you know, contribute in the screen game and stuff like that. Um, so it's he's really doing like the philosophy of this team with this agency class. And I think we'll start to see that in the draft, too. You know, a lot of guys, big guys, big guys that can play uh, multiple yeah. positions, uh, you know, the Taysom Hill types almost. Um, we're going to see a lot of that, a lot of that versatility and. Jarrett Stidham, I like that too. I mean, my guy balls last year at times. Uh huh. Yeah, and I mean, anyone who's listened to this pod remembers how high I was on him coming into his final season. I love this Baylor mm-hmm. tape as a true freshman, and uh, he's got that gunslinger stuff. And yeah, you go back to watch that game against the Niners, the Niners' potent offense. Man, his footwork is on fire. His feet are just like boop, 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 pam, ace it. Um, just plant your leg and nail it. Um, and as I said, I am really, really happy with this Zach Allen pickup. He's long. He's got so much power at the point of attack. Um, he actually gave McGlinchey a hell of a time this year. And at least one of those matchups they faced against each other. Um, and I've been talking to, uh, Jesus Henry off air about McGlinchey and his weight. He looks lighter in the pants to me at the Niners. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much of that is trying to, you know, run that wide zone. 
which he's got ample athleticism to do. But, you know, he, he was at 310 at the combine when he came out. I think he was playing closer to 300, 290. Hank since done some research and found this was a talking point in the Bay going into the last few seasons. In a power scheme, I'm excited to see McGlinchey as a right tackle with some extra pounds because if he can just improve his anchor and pass protection, um, and he's six eight, like it's you know, it's it's hard for those tall boys to sink those hips and really like ground yourself when you're going against uh you know, someone who's like uh six two, three oh three, three oh two or something. Um so if he can sink those hips, have a little more weight in his lower half to handle that, to anchor better, uh, that that could be a really promising um signing because he certainly on paper has all the tools, you know, he he's just gotta refine a few points. And it seems like we might be staying put less talk of trades for the wide receivers trading Garrett Bowles seems to be less of a talking point. So I think mm-hmm. the Broncos might stay where they're at. I mean, you know, they could always trade the two thirds to move up in the second or something, but as far as the roster is concerned, I think this is probably where we're at and uh, I'm intrigued. I'm certainly intrigued. Yeah. Just to go back to the trenches though, uh, just considering Mike McGlinchey, this is kind of, I think the profile of these guys that Sean Payton likes though. I mean, you look at guys like yeah. uh, Taron Armstead and Andrus Pete that they drafted. I mean, these are, yes. we, we talk about it a lot with offensive linemen, like the body shape, not to be like weird and like <laughs> stuff, but that's sure. it's a valid thing. Like there's a difference between linemen who are, you know, that have a big midsection or just big athletes playing offensive line, yep. which is what a lot of these guys are. And it's what Mike McGlinchey is. He's a massive athlete. Um, oh, you yeah. know, he stands at whatever, six, seven, six, six. Um, he's 300 plus pounds, but he does, he carries that weight really well. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So that's the exact type of player John Payton likes on the offensive line and Zach Allen too. Um, going, I think it was 2019, right? Draft uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, loved him yes. coming out then too out of BC. He was a beast at BC. So uh, this yeah. is a great signing, I think. Absolutely, man. Um, and I think biggest needs remaining, one we'll probably cover today. Mm-hmm. Safety? Safety, definitely. Edge, I think, uh, yes. just for the rotation. I think interior D-line for the rotation. Mm-hmm. And... um feels like O-line's really not on the list anymore. No, I mean, I mean, you can argue and complain about Lloyd Cushenberry, maybe they need a center or something, and I, I'd hear that out, but um, it, I don't think it's as pressing. I think they could use another tight end, too, maybe another solid pass catcher. I mean, yeah. hopefully you it's want great class. to make that leap. And right. Fantastic class to take a shot with all these third-round picks, too. So um maybe just another guy in there maybe sean payton's a big albert o guy and that's going to be just kind of the the duo between him and dulcich so right and um, i mean i'm intrigued by some of these receivers but you know they added another option in the return game so it really feels like the biggest needs would be corner edge safety and those are things mm -hmm. that george payton's addressed the last few years so you do have nick benito in that rotation baron browning in that edge rotation Kanan Stearns in that safety rotation, Damari Mathis in that corner rotation where it's not the most pressing. Um, and boy, do the stars align to draft some edges and corners this year, my friend. 
For sure. And then also you throw out CJ Gardner Johnson, who keeps on being linked yeah. to the Broncos. Yeah. And uh, he was my favorite safety coming out that year. I loved what he did in New Orleans. Love loved what him. he did last yes. year for the Eagles. Yeah. Um, that would be a home run signing, I think. And it would really sure up the defense for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I'm actually not even letting my hopes get up with that. So let's get into it. We are so hyped to talk about these corners. But first, as we mentioned, no better time to get in on DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you, perchance, are a new user, you need to use that code DNVR right now to bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly on DraftKings Sportsbook. Between NBA and NHL playoff races heating up, March Madness going nuts, getting in on some early MLB. You've got these NFL draft props that are a ton of fun um, and so much more. NFL futures, you name it. Download the app now and sign up with code DMVR where new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Then shout out to our friends at Jive Hive, the virtual dispensary on wheels and deliver to you wherever you may be. If you've been at home partying, you can't, you don't have time to go to the dispo from work. No worries. Drive Hive can deliver straight to wherever you are. Best part about them too, no brick and mortar store. So that means low overhead and lower prices for you, the customer. Just head on over to drivehive.com, J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com and get your order over the same day or schedule a delivery window. They'll be there to say hi. Head on over to drivehive.com and enter your address to find out if Drive Hive can deliver to your door. Now serving in Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E dot com. Don't drive, jive, hive. Don't drive, jive, hive. And just a few days left, about five days left to enter our ultimate game day experience giveaway in conjunction with Breck Brew. The Avs one has already happened. Saw that DMVR diehard have an absolute blast on Twitter. Breckenridge Rury and DMVR are teaming up to give some lucky fans the ultimate game day experience, VIP tickets, Lexus club access parking and DMVR merch. This is to the game on Thursday, the 30th against the Pellies <clears throat> where you can get tickets courtside row two on top of the other perks, Lexus club access, parking pass and DMVR gear. You got to head to our website, DMVR, the DMVR.com slash Breck sweeps that's dmvr.com slash b-r-e-c-k-s-w-e-e-p-s or go to our menu under join you'll find it and complete the form to enter just need you to answer a couple questions absolutely unbelievable deal if you are one of our people you're catching up on some draft pods you didn't know about this it would do me just tremendous joy it would bring me tremendous joy to see you join in on the fun and enter this because you know i I want you guys to to get these amazing deals we're giving out must be 21 or older links are also in the show description winner will be selected one week before the game get in on that now okay jake corners whoo what a class yeah 
I think this one's so loaded we can't work our way up from like third to first. I think we need to go first and work our way on down. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's something to go. Um, and there's so many like flavors of ice cream. There's no way we have the same. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have one player overlapping in our top three, frankly. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we start at the top, though. With, uh, I'm going to say Christian Gonzalez. I don't know where you're at. I go Christian Gonzalez, top corner in this class. Um, consistently had the most impressive career, I think, in college football, going back to his time at CU um, two years ago. I mean, he yeah. flashed to me then when I was just doing film rooms on the buffs then, um, and he's continued to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's the most – or the best technician at cornerback in this class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the feet are just so clean. He's got the speed. He's got the size. Uh, there's guys in this class that are longer, that are more physical. Yep. But I think in terms of the total package, Christian Gonzalez has it. Um, I mean, Hank drilled this into our heads a few years ago. His sister, I believe, was an Olympian athlete too. Mm. Um, so you know the genes are strong there. Um, I mean, he's got, he's not perfect. He's going to get burned every now and then. We saw Jordan Tyson burn him when Oregon came to see you this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just being the most well-rounded and the best technician, it's Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, probably checks off about as many boxes as anyone and has the premier trait, buttery hips, nice and man coverage, fluid, speed size he's good man he's good um there's just a first round grade for me like all of the top guys uh so you know we're splitting hairs in a lot of ways for me cam smith is the top guy just unbelievable dog in him um and i think maybe the most versatile of everyone in this class i've seen him in the slot be amazing uh, one play against Clemson stood out my tape he just runs the route for Will Shipley and just like intercepts Will Shipley never had a chance um and that's covering in the slot and off coverage love his instincts and in zone love his physicality in man uh gets in the mix against the run can press off i think he's he's got the oily hips he's got the ball tracking He's got the instincts. He's got the physicality, but not overly physical, which holy shit. Have you ever seen a more grabby or overly physical corner class, dude? It's it's a really bad, isn't it? It's all of them. It's Naughty. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. To the it's point where you watch Christian and it's like, is this dude soft? Like he's not like exactly. completely cheating on every play. Yes. Um, yes. So it's. He just checks off all the boxes, and I just like, man, I, I like what this guy brings to the table. Great 21 tape where he was tested more, um, and a leader of that South Carolina defense who really made some noise by the end of the season. Played Kentucky, Florida tough, big upsets against Tennessee and Clemson, and he's a huge part of that. Great presser. Um, after one of those games where they ask him, like, what would you guys say? at halftime and he says we had to drop our nuts might seem stupid or immature but like that's the kind of like dog he is um and he comes from south carolina so he's like he's not scared off to like line up against someone who's supposedly more talented i just love every single thing about this dude um so he's the top guy for me man interesting i love that yeah um my next guy 
I think I'm going with Joey Porter Jr., uh, another mm. just bloodlines type guy. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned it just he's really grabby. He's really physical. Um, he's yeah. going to get in trouble. He's going to get called for holding. He's going to get called for P.I. Um, I think it's just something you're going to have to live with with him. He's going to figure it out, I think, a little bit more as he moves on through his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how his feet work in conjunction with his upper body, too. Yeah. Um, very physical and run defense. Uh, tested as an elite athlete too. Um, yep. Let me. He's just the length, the well, right? Oh and yeah, for sure. Um, as as grabby as he is, there's a lot of like playing the ball, which I like about Joey. There's enough fluidity. He's one of those guys I'd put in the like. I feel fairly comfortable about his ability to be a man corner. You know. Yes. Yeah, loved him in trail, um, and I think yep. he made a lot of plays, yes, sir. You know, breaking the balls from behind like that. He only yep. had one career interception, but mm-hmm. 20 career passes deflected. Yep. Um, that's enough ball production for me. Uh, yes, it sir. doesn't have to just be interceptions. He gets his hands on the balls enough. I mean, 11 PBUs last year. He really showed it. Um, and I mentioned off the top, I just love the bloodlines, too. I think that plays a yep. huge role, and so that's why he's CB2. Couple plays where even though he's playing corner, you know, a couple plays a game where even though he's playing corner, he flashes and it's like, oh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of dad there. You love yeah. that. Um, my corner two is Devon Witherspoon, same conference, same issues as Joey Porter Jr. Like, yeah. my God, this dude just needs to chill out for a second because he's going to be, <laughs> he's going to, he, he, he could get you like five flags in an NFL game, like in a quarter. Yeah. Um, Boy, oh boy, is he twitched up, Jake. And just like a nasty prick, man. An absolute nightmare to have to play against. Uh, On-ball production, incredibly physical against the the run. Uh, Gun to my head, life on the line. You got to pick someone who's going to be the best like man corner in this class. I'd pick him. I, there's some stuff to figure out there. And I like Cam Smith's versatility more. And I think Cam Smith is safer. Um, Witherspoon, for example. You know, the other thing, it, he's part of this massive turnaround at Illinois. Amazing mm-hmm. season. That defense is one of the best in the country. Look at that schedule. They don't get tested a ton against like elite passing offenses, but watch them against Michigan. I mean, shit, Michigan, you remember that game? They almost lose it. Oh, yeah. In fact, yeah. Devon Witherspoon final drive grabs um, Ronnie Bell, I think, on an Mm -hmm. out route where he's got him blanketed, but he's holding on to his arm because that's the kind of dude he is. Doesn't matter that he's blanketed. He's also going to hold your arm, gets flagged, extends the drive, leads them to uh, Michigan to be in um, field goal range and win that game. And so, you know, it's like you got to take the bad with the good. Ultimately, like I like I've been saying for years and I'm trying to abide by more. We uh we aren't uh ice skating judges, you know. We're not gymnastics mm-hmm. judges. It's not grading what his tape was. It's projecting what his tools can right. be with some extra coaching, with some extra development at that next level. So I I really believe in those tools. I love that mentality. I love the stickiness, the competitiveness, the manness, the twitched upness. The testing was off the charts. Like downhill, he's like forget downhill. Oh, like, oh my yeah. god! And then against the run, I think in a class that's very strong against the run, he's probably the best. 
Yep. He's my CB3. Um, I think it was really close between him and Porter for me. Right. He was, um, I mean, they're really like similar prospects. I mean, totally I, Joey Porter, maybe a little bit more athletic, maybe a little bit longer. Yep. Um, but in terms of that feistiness, mm-hmm. um, you know, you mentioned it, the grabbiness kind of after the the contact period of five yards, yep. um, he's going to get called for flags. He's going to get called for holding. But he just the way he attacks the ball, it's just like Joy Porter coming from behind and trail technique with those arms. Mm-hmm. Um, 14 passes broken up last year. He does have five career interceptions. So a little bit more ball production than Joy Porter Jr. Um, I think Joey Porter Jr. was more of a known quantity before Devon yep. Witherspoon, which is why I think uh, you see Devon Witherspoon with more impressive numbers, especially this last year. Um, but yeah, man, loved him coming downhill, can tackle. For sure, uh, knows how to tackle, isn't afraid to tackle, which is mm-hmm. huge in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something not all these guys have. He's uh he's a physical freak in some ways, and I yeah. love that um that he I don't think he's played his best football yet. I really think that uh in the NFL he can really carve out a role as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. That Illinois secondary reminds me a bit of that Bucks Rise secondary, you know, um, with Cheeto, mm-hmm. Isaiah Oliver, or Kella Witherspoon. Um, yeah. Which honestly should scare you as a comp and does scare me a bit as a comp. It's like sometimes you're just part of a really dope unit and you mm-hmm. can lean into it and then you kind of get exposed. He also, another scary thing about Witherspoon, he reminds me a bit of Justin Gilbert, Oklahoma State. Mm, and, I loved him. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Um, so that concerns me. Um, uh, no combine work from Devon Weatherspoon either. I don't think. I don't think he ran in the forty or did drills like that. Oh, I I thought he did run. Um, check on that while I gave you my third. Okay. I'm going Keely Ringo. Um, in some ways, highest upside, highest floor to me of this cornerback class because his floor is really high because. Cover three press, that classic Seattle defense that Robert Sala plays. Like, there's a bunch of those defenses around the league, especially when then so and so gets hired as a head coach from that staff and he brings that in, right? Um, so Ringo would just like in trail technique would be amazing. As I said on the last pod, he was the only guy to run a sub for. He was the only guy to run a sub 437 at over 200 pounds, and he's over 205. He literally looks like and plays like a linebacker at times, which as an outside corner is absolutely insane. Um, You go rewatch him against Marvin Harrison Jr. and um, go rewatch him against those Bama wide receivers when they were healthy in that SEC championship. He's got his deficiencies. He's not super fluid, which concerns me. Um, he, out of these top six guys I have with a first round grade, he's the one I have the most concerns as like, can he truly stick as a man mm-hmm. corner outside? Um, yep. But when you run at that size and then at the pro day, he did do a three cone low force, low sevens, which is not mm-hmm. amazing by comparison. Justin, um, Julius Burns, your guy ran like a six, yeah. six, um, but it's not terrible either. Uh, so I think with a little more discipline, a little more ball tracking, it almost reminds me of PS two PS two out of Alabama. It was like, man, he's, there are some times he doesn't track that ball deep. And I, I swear it, part of it was like, he'd probably seen 600 career snaps and like was literally challenged deep 15 of those. Like you just right. don't have a ton of reps and Ringo feels the same way. 
in a cover two, um, holy smokes, forget it. It would literally be like having a linebacker who runs a four three play cover two. In that system, he would be like an absolute dynamo. So there's two very common systems where he could absolutely thrive and has more than ample tools, size, speed, physicality to to handle his shit in man coverage. Highest upside, highest floor, has some deficiency and some legit concerns, but so do all of these guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so I, I'm I'm just believing in in that pedigree and uh both the upside and the high floor. So I'll I'll talk about Kitty Ringo real quick because I don't think I'm gonna have him in my top five, but mm. um he is I mean, you're betting on potential with him, right? I mean, yeah. I do agree he has the high floor because you look at the what he did at the combine, the athletic numbers. I think he has a near perfect RAS score. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's fantastic stuff. And that's what you want to bet on in terms of these prospects who only played those two years in college football. I mean, he came in redshirted, played the year before, played last year, and now he's going into the draft. So he's pretty raw right. from that standpoint. Right. Um, but I almost kind of wondered at times if he'd be better at safety, man. He just eats up space so well yes. um, that as a center fielder, he would be so <laughs> impactful, I think. Well, and then I watch him at times and I think, God, it is a crime to move this man away from the line of scrimmage. Yes. He's such a tone setter. Yes, I know. Like that Mizzou game, man, it's the one game Georgia was challenged all season. He takes over, bro. Like there's some plays mm-hmm. where his physicality on the sideline and then leads to a big pick, like make the absolute. There are times those last year and this year where he has looked like the most talented guy on that Georgia defense. Holy shit. Like that means something to me, man. That's yeah, a, that's sure. incredible to say. Yeah. Um, played well against Marvin Harrison in the playoffs this mm-hmm. last year, played well against Jameson in the playoff and in the regular season two years ago. Um, it's just, it's the technique stuff uh, for me with him. It just, I can definitely see him getting routed up by a lot of the better receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Um, he does rely a lot on that speed to kind of make yeah. up ground. Oh, yes. Um, so that's just why I have my hesitations with him. Like I see, I definitely see the upside and it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being like the best corner in this class. And I think that just says a lot about the quality of this class is there's like mm-hmm. six, seven guys. who you could say, I could see him being the best corner in this class, but I mean, they're going to be seventh or eighth on your top corners list. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's uh it's really deep from that perspective. Uh, anyways, I go Cam Smith at four. Um, you kind of broke it down. Just really kind of reads cover or not reads coverages, reads route concepts and the quarterbacks really well. Can break really quickly. Um, I just like what you get there. Had a better twenty twenty one in terms of or twenty than twenty twenty two in terms of uh, ball yep. production. Yep. Three picks, eleven passes broken up last year. Only one pick, five passes broken up this season. Um, that doesn't worry me too much. Um, but yeah, he's a guy, another high floor guy, I think, who can come mm-hmm. and start right away. Um, and as you mentioned, just kind of wherever you need him to be. Uh, only 6'1", 187. So I feel like that's tweener enough to play outside and right. play well in the slot. And you're right about Witherspoon. We actually talked about that in the last episode. He couldn't do Illinois Pro Day. He's doing a private workout. And he is yeah. one of the few sub six footers, so though. It's 5'11 and a half. Um, so that does play into this. Um Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not that far off on Camp Smith. Um, For me, fourth is Joey Porter Jr. Perfect assessment by you. Very Mm -hmm. similar to Witherspoon. Long. Love his floor because he's a a cover three corner who's going to be tremendous 
in trail technique and just needs to clean up some physicality. Um, and the upside is being a lockdown outside corner. And a lot of these guys, I tell you, like, holy, don't let like Belichick draft this dude because <laughs> like he's the next Stefan Gilmore. He's coming your way. Um, and then I've got Forbes, Christian Gonzalez, neck and neck, neck and neck, neck mm. and neck. I, I think okay. the best pure man corners, right? Is that fair yeah, to say? Absolutely. Dude, I was going to say Manuel Forbes is my five. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I mean, and he best ball tracker in the class. Yeah, tremendous ball production. I mean, plays the ball so well. Yeah. I mean, really, the only thing you worry about is the size, I think, that he's listed at. He weighed in at, what, 166 at the combine? Yes, sir. Which is concerning. I mean, it's, that's right. why he's at five for me. I mean, I think right. I'd have him much higher if he had another 15, 20 pounds on him. Totally. But that's concerning, man. When Najee Harris is running at you, like, on a sweep, like, Hell yeah. Emmanuel Forbes is your perimeter defender, that's worrying, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's 40 pounds lighter than Ringo. Yeah, it's so it's a substantial. 40, if I said fourteen, we'd be like, "Yeah, shit, that's a hell of a deal." I did not say fourteen. Right. I said forty, <laughs> four zero kids. That's it, and and that's the other thing. Like, well, yeah, he has great ball skills, and he he moves light on his feet, and like yes. he's a jitterbug. Like transitioning's no problem. He's fluid yes. as hell. Yeah, he's one hundred and sixty pounds. I, I should hope so. Like, if it, right. we wouldn't be talking about him on this podcast if his feet were heavy at one sixty. Like, that's a problem. Um, <laughs> True. But no, he looks the. I mean, he looks the. It's yeah. a criminal, Jake. How how good he is, and that's the other thing. Premier traits, right? What's the ultimate mm-hmm. premier trait here? Is those fluid hips? Is that long speed? Yep. Is that ball tracking? Is a guy I can put on an island and instead of getting burnt for the game winner is going to come up with the game winning interception? That's ultimate. That's the premier. And Forbes to me is probably as far as that premier trait. He's number one in this class, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's just risky with the size, man. I mean, there's yeah. so much to like, but then yeah. it's just, it's almost like, malpractice though like to put a corner that's 166 pounds and like at towards your top of your top five i feel even bad having him at fit because of the size honestly um it's so not it's tough i wonder where the nfl will view him um and then you know i, I there probably are like 40 percent of nfl offenses where most formations you have a guy who's not exactly 166, but like 180 to put Forbes on where it's mm-hmm. like, look, he's not going to get. Um, and that's where like, you know, if you're in a conference where you got to play Tyreek Hill twice a year or something like that, uh, a guy like Forbes might have more appeal than your yep. classic. And then Christian Gonzalez. I mean, you assess mm-hmm. them perfectly. I like everything about them. The inconsistencies, even this year, Concern me a bit. Times, uh huh. It's bad at times. Not it's it's not just bad in in run support, which like whatever, like right. It sometimes he's getting burnt deep, like he just gets a little lost. Um, Mm -hmm. so he just seems a little rawer than maybe we give him credit for, and I do wonder, like, is he lacking some of that dog that some of these other guys have? unquestionably mm-hmm. you know yeah he's another young guy i think he was recruiting mm-hmm. class of 2020 for the buffs so yeah. he's only played a little bit of college football yeah no and the talent's undeniable premier trait mm-hmm. out, 
off the charts, right? Uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's so fluid at that size. I, I love it. And there were some games later in this year where he really started to come on. Oh, yeah. Um, but right, he, right now he's just not locked down. He just is not locked down. So, um, he, cons- consistently at the NFL level for sure. projecting. So <clears throat> that's where my concern comes in. I mean, if you told me Deontay Banks was a first round grade for you, Mm-hmm. would not blink an eye. Deontay mm-hmm. Banks, arguably highest upside of anyone in this class. Yep. Like, holy shit, do I love me some Deontay Banks. Uh, fluid as hell. Uh, versatile. Seems really smart. To me, maybe more zone-oriented than not. Um, But certainly has all the traits to play in man. He He leaves me wanting for more when it comes to some splash plays from time to time, but that's okay. Um, right you know yeah he can mirror um i think he's got yeah. great feet great hips got yeah. the speed uh size the right size is there six one two hundred is what he's <laughs> listed at um what did he weigh in at the combine six foot 197 so not even that far off of what he Incredible. was listed at. yeah so you love that um but yeah the ball production a little underwhelming i mean only mm-hmm. 11 pass breakups in four years with eight of them coming last year um so maybe this is just a player that's now just hitting his stride you know Right. Um, but yeah, I love all the, all the tangible traits. I mean, I think he sees the field well too. I think he reads quarterbacks. Well, he reads route concepts yep. well. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah so I'm a fan inter- of him too. you see him directing guys in zones and stuff mm-hmm. like just seems like a high IQ player. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, talk about a guy like that with the speed, great fallback plan is, uh, having him play deep safety. You know, if, if it doesn't yeah. work out a corner though, six one one ninety seven. Tape's great, fluid hips, smart. Um, it, it's gonna work out at corner. Like, yeah, I he, think so. Even he, it's a slot if he has to. Like, dude, it'll work. ninety guys start at corner in the NFL. Ninety. Yeah. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's he will at one point in his career be one of the best ninety cornerbacks in the world. Like that, I, I can guarantee you. That. Um, For sure. So it's it's just an amazing the same thing about Clark Phillips too. <laughs> yeah. That's I feel like such an asshole putting Clark Phillips so low on this list. I know because his tape, I love him more than most half Fantastic. these guys. And, and put, you know, put him on the eye test against like Jordan Addison and guys like that. Hey, checks off every box. Um, probably slot only, right? Yeah, man. Um, I don't, I can look up the combine numbers, but he's listed at, uh, on the roster 5'10, 191, and he looks small on the field. Yeah, like he's yeah, not he a, a very big guy. He's, I mean, He's playing slot. I mean, there's just he can't play outside in the NFL. He's just not yeah. big enough to. Has a great ball production though. Nine picks, twenty one yeah. pass break oh. passes broken up over the last three years. Uh, you mentioned it. I think he locked up Jordan Addison pretty well. There were a couple times. I think it was the the Pac-12 title game where Addison got behind him once and he mm-hmm. like he like fell down or slipped or something. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's some there's some chinks in the armor, but this guy is I mean very polished. I love the lower body and how he's connected. Yeah. Um, not very grabby in a class that's super yep. grabby. I feel yep. like you say it a lot. He's really a technician yes. uh, with his but, feet and gets himself in position there. And certainly not lacking for physicality though, right? So mm-hmm. the perfect mix um, would love him on the Broncos. If okay. a guy like this were to drop, um, would absolutely love him on the Broncos. Will definitely be a top 50 uh, prospect for me. Closer to top 30 in this class for me just love everything about him and i think his tape is 
more consistent than Christian Gonzalez in that same conference. It's just he has none of those margins Christian has Mm -hmm. are available to him to the point that he is already we've chopped off like 30% of his upside because he's nickel only. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but uh, measuring it measuring it five nine one eighty four only had twenty nine inch arms so that's where you see the limitations yeah um and then I mean what about DJ Turner I think DJ Turner is going to be a first rounder in some circles I I wouldn't be surprised by that in the slightest yeah man uh, ran the fastest forty at the combine right. right um and that speed shows up on tape too the way he breaks yeah. on the ball um yeah. he's kind of a you know one of those smaller like uh like a nat type cornerback you know he's yep. smaller yep. but he's really annoying he's gonna use his hands he's gonna be physical uh-huh. um I don't have the ball production in front of me um downhill he's he was... gonna close on you in the blink of an eye and he looks small on tape he measured in at six foot so it's like Outside, he could do some stuff. There's some Quentin Johnston um, plays where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's not completely outmatched. Right. There are also uh, some times where, like I was saying of Banks, I'd like to see a, a few more splash plays, you know? Right. Only three interceptions. Uh, did have 10 passes broken up last yeah. year, seven the year before. Um, but coming out as a senior, only played the last two years, 21-22. So still a little raw, I think, in terms of... Um, upside and in terms right. of just being a pure football player at this point yeah he's another guy i mean i haven't talked about my guy brents yet from k, k- state he's another guy that's just... i mean there are times where i thought like shit is brents gonna be a top five corner for me yeah um so let's let's talk about the kansas state prospect who has absolutely nailed this draft season i mean mm-hmm. few can compare because he he's measured in longer than god Senior Bowl shuts it down. Anyone 101 take, gets taken care of. Combine off the charts because he's longer than God. Three cone was elite. Still runs a more than acceptable. What was it like a four five forty? Mm-hmm. Um, and played you know played for a ranked team, ranked ranked defense. So why is Brent's not in your top five? Um, he panics a lot and yeah. he's very, very grabby, very grabby. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys are, but this guy is like, and I almost attribute it just to panic though. Like even when you look yeah. at the big 12 championship game and some of those like long balls that Quentin Johnson caught over him, he's in position. He's there. Mm-hmm. He just needs to locate the ball and just not be so physical and grabby at the point at the catch point. Um, but I, lo- I absolutely love this guy's lower body. I love his feet mm-hmm. so quick. He ran a six, six, three, three cone, which yeah. shows off that perfectly, yeah. uh, four, five, three. I mean, you want maybe a bit more long speed for, but for a guy at six, three, one ninety eight has 34 inch arms at cornerback to run a four, Insane. five, Insane. you love it. Um, and I love per- this guy. Perfect for a cover three, like press trail. Yes. Like this guy was, uh, but like created in a lab to play in that mm-hmm. exact scheme. So he's going to have a lot of landing s- spots and he'll be an outside corner because of that. Um, so again, you'll be, he have one of those 60 starting jobs that there's only 60 outside corner starting jobs in the world. He'll be one of those mm-hmm. at some point in his career. Um, yeah. I mean, for a guy with that three cone, you, you don't, he, he like panics and loses guys on second yeah. moves and shit. It's like, where, where's that? Where's that twitchiness? You know, and mm-hmm. even coming downhill closer to the line of scrimmage, he's he, he seems like a bit of a slow processor. Eye discipline needs to get figured out. He needs some great coaching, but 
mm-hmm. the tools are all there. The tools are all there. And, um, you know, potentially playing his best football. Yeah, for sure. Had a 9.99 RAS score. Deontay Banks also had a perfect 10 RAS score. Christian Gonzalez had a 9.94. So um, the athletic traits are all there, which is why I think I like him so much. It's just a matter of what you said, coaching and just literally realizing how good of an athlete, how good of a player he is, and just not panicking in those situations where he is going up against a bigger player and the ball's in the air. Gosh, um, we've covered a lot. Last couple minutes, any sleepers you'd like to cover or, you know, anyone you want to circle back on and be like, this is the guy I'm praying drops to the Broncos. Like, you know, we've we've got five more minutes. Anything that's on your mind uh, to tie a bow on this corner class, which we'll let Justin give some of his thoughts because it's just like, what an amazing group, man. For sure. Um I just want to, a couple guys I want to talk about as like a sleeper, Tyreek Stevenson. I really liked him at the senior bowl out of Miami. Um, Miami. Has that length. Um, Eli Ricks. I don't really know what you're getting with him, but this was an elite recruit. He played at an elite level as a freshman at LSU. Didn't have a great season last year, but I don't think anyone really had a great season on Alabama's defense last year. Um, So he's intriguing. Um, Trey Hodges Tomlinson, just too, again, kind of too small yes, for me at yes. this point, but a guy who I love watching. Um, Makai Blackman at USC is another guy Ooh. who's kind of got it all, like in terms of the size and the speed, just, you know, inconsistency at times. Playing corner um, now, like he was a yeah. safety at CU, you know? Um, yep. Madness. Yeah. And Ricks is such a fun convo of who do you trust? Sabin. In the 2022 offseason, who recruited him and brought him in as a prized recruit? Because, you know, uh, Nick Saban knows a thing or two about secondary play. Mm-hmm. Or do you believe in Nick Saban of the fall of 22, the man who was benching Eli Ricks and not giving him playing? You know, so right. was it mm-hmm. what which version of Eli Ricks do you believe in? Um, love that you highlighted the TCU kid. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. How about Kai Blue Kelly? Stanford checks off a lot of boxes, man, and physical. This is a guy who you'll feel good about as a number two corner who can battle opposite your lockdown guy who maybe offenses are shying away from Riley Moss, man, just left me with such a horrible taste in my mouth after those one-on-ones at the senior bowl, but tested off the charts mm-hmm. has the size yep. comes from a fantastic defense and defensive scheme. Um, lacks for flashes, but he's a guy that, um, is going to be pretty trustworthy, and he also has the cover three fallback plan, right? Like I, I think that speed and length is is going to be more than enough to make him operate well in a um in a cover three. Garrett Williams got a lot of hype from Syracuse, kind of dropped off, but he's had a nice career. Checks off a lot of boxes, and I really like Darius Rush. Or Darius Rush, the cornerback playing opposite Cam Smith. At uh, South Carolina, he too had just an incredible um, combine. And actually, I thought he looked quite well in the, um, gosh, in the in the one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. ran a 4-3-6 and I mean, 6-2, uh, 198, 33 and 3 eighths 
inch arms. Like he, he checks off a lot of boxes and uh, another guy who having him in, in your rotation would be very nice. Two year starter. Got a lot going for him. Um, another guy, one more guy I'll throw out there is Rajon Wright out of Oregon State. Oh, yes, yes, um, good call. I wanted to mention yes. him, and uh, he uh, slipped my mind. He wasn't on this list I was looking at. Good. Yeah, uh, his so his brother, Nation Wright, was that third-round pick in 2021 that kind of came out of nowhere. He was a cornerback, and we were like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Um, has played okay for the Cowboys, but I liked Rajon Wright what I saw from him at Oregon State this year. Oregon State defensively was so, so good. Um, and he definitely flashed on that defense this year. Kind, of, I don't think he's as long as his brother is, but he does yeah. have nice size and length. 6'2", 193, 32.5-inch arms. Um, he did have nine pass breakups, two interceptions last year. So you take that. Um, he had two interceptions and eight pass breakups last year and earned all Pac-12 um, honorable mention honors. So just another guy with the size, the speed. I don't think he ran at the combine either, nope. um, but he looked fine on tape. And you, obviously his brother was a great player. And I think that he oh. can kind of fall in those footsteps. Such a classic. Um, it's a, uh, it's a bloodlines one. And um, he Adam to the cover three teams are going to love his mm-hmm. ass. Cause he's long. Mm-hmm. Um Decorian Bennett, who's the corner who ran a four three flat, five eleven, one eighty-eight, playing opposite Deontay Banks at Maryland. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. dude to keep an eye on for sure. It's a it's a really good class, man. It's a yeah. really good group. And I'm hoping so six guys for me have a first round grade. Then there's Banks, Phillips, Turner who are right in the mix and Julius Brents kind of starts the group of guys with a day two grades, Mm -hmm. at least eight. I would be like doing cartwheels. If the Broncos were able to get one of those top eight guys to drop to them um, in the early third. Yeah. I think it lines up beautifully for them in terms of how many third round picks they have, how many good cornerbacks there are, especially in that, um, kind of day two range. I mean, we just rang off, I don't know, eight, nine, ten names there of guys outside of our top five. So right. um it's it's really playing into the Broncos' hands with this class for sure. Yeah. Um, and some good nickel players. We'll talk about Brian Branch when we get into the safeties. He's mm-hmm. another of those dudes in that mix. Um, so no, definitely uh one of the position groups to be dialed in on, on this draft and one of the position groups to be dialed in on as a Broncos fan. So very, very exciting. Always amazing doing this with you, Jake, sir. Have a great weekend, man. Thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook as always for presenting this here show and shout out to our guy, J Mike, check out all the great stuff he's doing on the college hoop side for us we'll be back next week i think i'll be out of town and then you might be out of town the week after that jakester mm-hmm. so a little uh by committee here as we finish yep. out these classes so have a great day boys later